Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast. I am your host, Samantha Carbidi, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mike Triplett, a longtime Saints beat reporter who you can follow on Twitter at Mike Triplett. Mike, how are you doing? Doing very well. Uh, it was an ugly, ugly fantasy week. Was there something like the, the fewest total points scored or something? I, I should have looked that up before we got on the air, but maybe it was just my teams, but it feels like there were a lot of low outputs and, and as we're going to discuss, a lot of injuries. Yes, I I don't think it was just your teams. I had a couple (laughs) of teams just like completely crap the bed. I mean, there were just a couple situations like Kadarius Tony, who we may touch on in a little bit, but like who got injured and just was a complete dud. And it wasn't just me. There were other people touting him as a potential wide receiver, too. So there, there was just a lot of kind of disappointing situations for fantasy. AJ Brown was a dud that was non injury related, just that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. So I know we had a couple good weeks in a row and now we've had a a less than ideal week, but uh, in terms of things kind of happening around the league, we've got two guys back at practice. That's Deshaun Watson, who was uh, suspended for 11 games, really 12 games, if you include the bye week and then um, Jamison Williams back at practice. He had that torn ACL in the um, national championship game for Alabama, uh, That was pretty late in the season, so I think it was pretty expected that it would be a while, but I think that that's a name that's maybe fallen off of people's radars a bit. He, I know he has been stashed in my IR spot for a while, so those are two names that I'm definitely looking at. Well, the real interesting thing with Jamison Williams is uh, look up to, you know, make sure your trade deadline hasn't passed. Uh, because if you have been stashing him in your IR spot, you know now if you're a buyer or a seller uh, at this stage, and especially if you're in you know, a keeper or a dynasty league, and now is probably the time to act on uh, Jamison Williams before that trade deadline passes. Definitely, and you got to know that there's just a big 
gaping void for targets, at least with TJ Hawkinson gone. And uh, that team is going to be playing from behind a lot. So I think that he could definitely end up offering some fantasy value down the stretch, especially with the fantasy playoffs on the horizon. Um, One other piece of news, Melvin Gordon. I mean, stop me if you've heard this story before. Melvin Gordon gets the ball on the goal line, fumbles the ball, recovered by the Broncos, and then they miss the field goal from a very short distance. To end the half, it was just an ugly game that ended in halftime. Um, Chase Edmonds also has a high angle sprain. So that is just going to leave Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack and maybe Mike Boone if he's healthy. Well, the other interesting piece of the equation is going to be where does Melvin Gordon end up? Because I don't think he's out of the league because Denver dropped him. So I think think we get, you know, our Denver running back mess. And and I think he's just going to, go somewhere where things are probably convoluted wherever he lands. I actually wonder if, if the saints will be interested because they've been churning through veteran running backs all season, David Johnson, the latest to be their number two running back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't picture a scenario where Melvin Gordon becomes like super attractive for fantasy, but I could see where he screws things up for, for whatever backfield he joins. Definitely could see that. And I was just thinking that about the Saints. I don't know who else would maybe be in the market, but there are a lot of places that have like a whole bunch of mediocre guys, which is probably the more likely scenario for where he ends up. So that's just something definitely worth monitoring. Uh, We do have a number of injuries. I think uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks for injuries, obviously. Uh, Cooper Cup last week and this week we've got Kyle Pitts, RIP Kyle Pitts season. He has a torn MC expected to be out for a while let's say uh Justin Fields had that shoulder injury carted off on the final drive I don't I haven't seen any concrete update yet but I know they said that there would be one today so hopefully it's not terrible news uh Matthew Stafford in the concussion protocol again which is definitely something worth monitoring because I feel like they're being more cautious and especially with a more recent concussion, that's something that could end up in extended time missed. Joe Mixon also in the concussion protocol gave way to a massive Samaje P Ryan game uh, props to anyone who started Samaje P Ryan in fantasy football. Uh, Mike Williams re-aggravated an ankle injury. We've got Wandell Robinson out for the year with a torn ACL. Um, any of these particularly stand out for you for fantasy implications? Well, we've discussed Kyle Pitts so many times. <laughs> He's my personal nemesis. I guess this is probably a blessing, uh, but he just makes me, you know, so mad that I didn't like uh, move on to a Pat Fryermuth or something earlier this season when I had the chance. And now I am just going to spend the rest, <laughs> the rest of my season, uh, you know, going from Logan Thomas to Kate Otten to uh, uh, you know Greg Dulcich each week and always yeah, Jawan Johnson and making. I'm sure that I will make the wrong choice every week. I, I've tried to, uh, the only thing I liked about Kyle Pitts is that I said, darn it, I'm sticking with him and I don't care what I'm missing out on. Uh, now, now I'm going to do nothing but make the wrong choices every week. I'm in uh, where I think probably 75% of all fantasy managers are that just that endless wash cycle of tight ends. I'm there with all of them now. It is so mean out there. Like if you don't have Travis Kelsey, it's, it's been really bad. Like Darren Waller's injured. Mark Andrews has been up and down. I mean, he's also been dealing with injuries as well. And that's like kind of the short list of guys that you've been able to really rely on. I mean, the thing is, is what happens is the nature of the position is it's kind of touchdown dependent, right? And you get guys like Cole Komet who pop off and then everyone goes all in on Cole Komet. Hello, that's me. And uh, <laughs> of course he was a complete dud last week. So uh, 
I have a question for you though. So I tweeted this out last night, right at, you know, while knowing what I'm about to do at tight end with all these, you know, not that Kyle Pitts was, was doing any good for me. And I said, you know, I mean, obviously we both invest so much time and effort into fantasy. Like, are, are we idiots for just not drafting Travis Kelsey in the first round every year? I mean, is there anyone who's done that? Even if it was like the fifth overall pick in a fantasy draft, and regretted it in any of the last like six years. I mean, is, is that the way to go? Is that the lesson we've learned this season? It may be. I mean, I will say any fools won here, but I did draft him in one league <laughs> last year and I did win the league. I drafted there you go. six overall and believe me, the, uh, the backlash that I got from that was pretty bad. It was like six or seven, something like that, like the middle of the draft. And I just, I wanted to kind of diversify my draft strategy because I usually go pretty running back heavy early, but I think I had missed out on like all the guys that I wanted. And I was like, Hmm, I'll try this, uh, you know, very like hero tight end kind of strategy. And of course it worked out. So to your point, yeah. I mean, Travis Kelsey, he's just a machine and there's no one more reliable at the position or really at any position. Think about it. Like than him, he's just, and he's really the focal point of that chief's offense that has been like, it, it seems to produce points, but not consistently from any one party except for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, exactly. And just, just, I mean, the math might not support it, but just the angst that you remove from yourself, you know, you, you're just yeah. like, well, I know who I'm starting at tight end this week, but what it just makes you a happier person. I assume. <laughs> Definitely. Though, you know, like, I feel like Mark Andrews drafters probably felt like they were going to have that yeah. peace of mind all year. And maybe to an extent like Darren Waller drafters or George Kittle drafters, and they have had their share of problems, yeah. of course. So it is a, sometimes a crapshoot, but yes, Travis Kelsey steady Eddie at the position. A um, couple other things worth monitoring. Uh, we've got Leonard Fournette who did not play this week due to the the buy, but he had a hip injury last week, uh, which gave way to a big, uh, Rashad white game, uh, Clyde Edwards Elair dealing with an ankle injury. Kadarius Tony had that hamstring injury. Michael Carter has a chest injury. We mentioned Chase Edmonds and then Jalen Warren had the hamstring injury. So it was pretty brutal. A lot of guys uh, really? kind of across the spectrum in terms of like fantasy relevance, all getting hurt this week. Well, I think every I mean, you, you know, probably should put up a graphic or something because there's like 14 names on the list of injuries. But I think we're going to go through each one of them now because in every case, I think there is a direct correlation to who should be a, a big waiver wire pickup this week. I mean, obviously that's going to start with Samaj P. Ryan, but you know, with Mike Williams, did anyone drop Josh Palmer in your league? Mm. If Leonard Fournette doesn't practice on Wednesday, well, you you know, you have to make your pickups beforehand. That makes Rashad White, you know, even more attractive, knowing that he might get a start. Uh, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire. That increases the value of Pacheco and, and Jarek McKinnon um, and, and so on and so on all the way down the line. Uh, Jalen Warren actually makes uh, Najee Harris more relevant. I, yes. The com- combination of how good he's looked the last two weeks. Um, that's really interesting. I wonder if he got dropped in any really shallow leagues, but, but certainly um, if you, if you didn't buy his low point, he was probably being given away and it looks like he's found new life. So the, the correlation to all these injuries is really interesting. Yes, definitely. All right, let's kind of jump into it right now. So we have the Jags, Dolphins, Seahawks, and Bucks all returning from by, and now we have no teams on by in week 12. So happy Thanksgiving for that. Uh, kicking it off with the quarterback position, I think it's time we got to start talking about 
Deshaun Watson in earnest. Uh, he is under 50% rostered that that has been ticking up each week, but he makes it into my column every single week that he's under 50%. So uh, he is kind of headlining the column this week. He's practicing with that new squad and is expected, expected to make his first NFL start since week 17 of the 2020 season, just after Thanksgiving. Uh, he has been permitted to attend meetings and train in the facility already though. So I think that there, I mean, I would expect there to be a little bit of rust, but um, I, I have to assume that he's going to put up at least top 12 numbers in this system. I mean, Jacoby Prestet's actually been serviceable and it's the, the offense isn't the problem. It's the defense for the Browns. So um, I actually think that this is just a, you know, going to boost all those guys values and he will definitely be someone that, should be on your radar if you're lean at quarterback. Like say you you draft okay, I drafted Trey Lance in one league and I have just been putting it together with like spit and glue, basically waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back. So um hopefully he can help me with my uh my playoff run. Um, well, and hopefully there's not, you know, people who who finally solved all their problems by landing on Justin Fields and they're right back in it. Oh, you know, yeah. that's those are the probably the people who be who should be most interested. Um, you know, I don't think anyone was still counting on Matthew Stafford, uh, um, but you know, I, does a Geno Smith manager want to diversify or whatever, but, uh, uh, just in case it, it, you know, he's turning into a pumpkin, but, um, but yeah, the Justin Fields managers are probably the ones in those 52% of leagues who are, who are probably ready to take that chance. Yeah. And then there's a, a number of those struggling sort of veteran guys that are in that same tier of like, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, that none of them have been super consistent. Um, so I think that you, you could also look to Deshaun Watson there, especially in the right matchups. He's got the Texans in his first game back. So that that will be an attractive game. Um, as far as other guys, it kind of it, it's pretty lean, but also you, you shouldn't have anyone on by this week. So hopefully uh, you don't need need someone this week. But Marcus Mariota would be someone that I was maybe looking at. He's the QB 13 heading into Monday night, uh, has a good chance to reach, you know, the QB one tier in week 12 against the commanders. They've allowed the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Anyone else that is on your radar for quarterbacks? Yeah. Ryan Tannehill's number didn't really boost last week. Uh, I, I had mentioned, you know, he's coming off the injury last week and he was facing a really tough Broncos defense. Uh, and so when he was a little healthier and a little better matchup, uh, I, I thought he had a really, well, he had 333 yards, which I don't expect routinely from him, but I do think, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm surprised he's, uh, has such a low roster percentage. Cause I think he's a little more attractive than, than a lot of the other people available on this list. And then you could say the same thing for a couple guys. Well, three guys, uh, Taylor Heineke. And I was gonna say Andy Dalton, the Saints decided not to go to James Winston. That is still a possibility at some point. Uh, but the fact that they didn't turn to Jameis Winston this week uh, and then Andy Dalton went out and had the best passer rating of his career, I think that cements his job for at least a couple more weeks. We know that uh, Ron Rivera said he's going to stick with Taylor Heineke ahead of Carson Wentz. So if people thought he only had like one week back left in that role and then and then you could throw Matt Ryan in that category, obviously it's clear that the the Colts have turned back to him and are going to stick with him since they've been competitive. So some guys to choose from here. Yeah, definitely. And Taylor Heineke has a nice matchup this week against the Falcons. So uh, one yeah. one other thing I should mention is if, you know, I just watched the Saints against the Rams and obviously the Rams are a disaster. <laughs> I hadn't I, I, I didn't realize it was that bad until I watched them. I mean, the Saints are missing nine starters due to injuries and, and have been a disaster themselves. And uh, the Rams were just the walking dead coming into that game. But they actually 
showed a little spark when Bryce Perkins came into the game. So last week when they didn't have Stafford, they went to John Wolford Mm -hmm. and he didn't do much, but this week they had Bryce Perkins as the number two instead. And he's a running quarterback. So if he is starting a game, it's that, it's that rushing yardage floor that we talk about all the time. Um, Bryce Perkins might be, you know, give you a few points if you're in a real desperate situation, if Matthew Stafford's going to miss another game. Definitely check him out in two quarterback leagues. All right, moving on to the running back position. We already alluded to Samaje P. Ryan. He is 8% rostered. He had that'll go up. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I think so. Uh, you know, a season high 11 carries for 30 yards, but really it was the, the four passes for uh 52 yards and three touchdowns. So Uh, His usage was definitely up with uh, Joe Mixon going down in the third quarter with a concussion, but we know that the concussion protocol has been a little bit stricter this, this season with all the negative sort of press they got with Tua and just really, they should have been doing this the whole time. So um, it's very possible that Mixon could end up missing a game just because he's in the protocol. So P Ryan would definitely be an RB two, even against the Titans uh, who have a tougher run defense. Uh, Someone else who definitely needs to be at the top of this list. We already talked about him a little bit is Latavius Murray, 23% rostered. I mean, he led the backfield 17 carries for 49 yards in a touchdown also caught four passes for 20, 23 yards, currently the RB 11 and half PPR. I mean, Gordon's waived Edmonds is out. So I'm just going to assume that Latavius Murray is going to be the guy they take on the Panthers next week, whose defense ranks 23rd in rush DVOA and has allowed the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. So I definitely like him as an immediate term type guy and potentially just, you know, the rest of the season, assuming they don't really add someone significant. And then the last name I will mention is James Cook. Uh, We've kind of talked about him a lot just as a exciting type rookie on an exciting offense he hasn't been super super stellar but I mean he did have 18 carries for 86 yards um pretty much the same stat line that Devin Singletary had he just had the touchdown so I think that he should have a pretty nice game against the Lions next week who has a terrible defense on both the ground and through the air I'm a little scared of investing heavily in James Cook. I mean, obviously, he's a good guy to take a flyer on if you've just got the extra bench spot. But didn't this trade team just trade for Naheem Hines two weeks ago? I have but no idea terrible. what their plan was for Naheem Hines. Uh, James Cook's uh, role has increased since they made that trade. I have no idea how that worked out. Um, but his snap count actually didn't go up that high. And I think Naheem Hines's did. Um, so I just don't know that this was the signal that this is going to be his new role. So I'd just say proceed with caution, but obviously with a rookie running back with as much potential as him, um, sure. You'd like to, to take a flyer there, but I, I think Saman JP Ryan is even a, a better reminder that now that everyone has survived the like by NATO of, of week 11, if, you know, if you picked up an extra defense or if you, you know, if you had, if you have these replacements that you can now get rid of, it's a time to load up on the Samaj P. Rhines, the Dontrell Hilliards, the Rashad Whites, the, even, um, you know, uh, certainly Alexander Madison, if he's available, uh, but anyone who would um, become uh, like a, a full-on RB1 uh, with a major workload if if the person in front of them got injured. Um, that That's definitely what you should do with those bench spots now. If you just know you're never going to use Zay Jones anymore yes. uh, because you don't need him as a bi-week replacement. Um, if you should have done that already with someone like Samaj P. Ryan and you beat everybody t- to the rush this week. And yeah, I've been hesitant to recommend Latavius Murray 
but he uh, uh, he's got that backfield to himself for now. And and even if they do bring in someone in a pass catching role, he's going to be the guy that that at least is going to get the volume and the touchdown opportunities. And I can't remember. I should have looked this up for sure. I don't know if Gus Edwards climbed above the 50% threshold last week, but then he was ruled out again. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that people have been dropping him and just giving up on him. But the fact that Kenyon Drake did very little, um, I I still keep thinking Gus Edwards has the chance to be a guy who becomes an RB1 who who only has probably about 50% uh, roster ship right now. So uh, he's another one I would probably add to this list. Definitely. That is so Kenyon Drake to just have a really good game. And then, you know, he's, he's got the whole backfield to himself this week and it's just terrible. So that, yes. And I was thinking the exact same thing. You don't need someone's like, you know, wide receiver three, when you can have a lottery ticket, like you're probably not starting someone like Zay Jones or I don't know, uh, someone in that category. And you could end up with a lottery ticket type guy that could bring you all the way to the fantasy promise land. If you have, although, although, you know, maybe people would have dropped a Demarcus Robinson, speaking of Zay Jones types, (laughs) Demarcus Robinson last week to pick up a a lottery ticket running back. Well, then you would have been like, why did I listen to Mike Triplett? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So what a great segue into our wide receiver position. Uh, headlining the column is going to be Demarcus Robinson. 5% 5% rosters. So just an absolute monster game in what was otherwise a snooze fest. Uh, 13-3 win over the Panthers. Caught all nine of his targets for 128 yards. Currently the wide receiver 7.5 PPR with one game left to play. Devin DuVernay was held to one catch for three yards in the effort. So I mean, this wide receiver one position is just wide open with uh, Rashad Bateman out for the year. So they could definitely use some depth there. So if Demarcus Robinson ends up kind of emerging as that guy, I mean, it it certainly could happen. They've got the Jags next to rank 30th in pass defense, according to DVOA. So that could definitely be an opportunity for Demarcus Robinson to emerge. Uh, some other names that I like, I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's 45% rostered. I actually shied away from him this week because he was going up against the Bills. Still did phenomenal. Caught five of six for 61 yards and a touchdown. He's the wide receiver 10 right now. Uh this is his fifth game in the last seven with double digit fantasy points. And I think his stock can only go up from here once Watson comes yeah. back. So it's definitely, um, he's definitely someone that I would really look at uh, as the number two behind Amari Cooper. And then some other guys, we mentioned Jamison Williams. He's 22% rostered. So uh, pick him up if you have like an IR spot, I think. Um, there's no guarantee that he'll be back like, you know, like in a week or two, but certainly it's a good sign that he is practicing. And um, Sky Moore and Justin Watson, this wide receiver core for the Chiefs is pretty decimated with injuries. We've got Juju out. Uh, Nicole Hardman on injured reserve and potentially Kadarius Tony dealing with an injury, which who could have predicted that, right? Um, but Sky Moore certainly was a, it was a name going into the season that a lot of people liked because of the favorable landing spot. He's been dropped by almost everyone. He's only 6% rostered right now because he hasn't done anything all season, but you know, opportunity could have presented itself here. So uh, he caught five of six for 63 yards. So I like him. Anyone stand out to you, Mike? The the biggest standout on this list to me was Jameson Williams at 22%. That really surprised me. And I guess a lot of leagues don't have IR spots, but uh, I, I would have thought it was way higher, just people holding on to him and and, and hoping for something at the end of the year. But uh, that, I think that is going to skyrocket with the news that he's back at practice. Uh, you're right about Peoples-Jones with uh, – 
with Deshaun Watson coming back, it, he can only get better. I mean, uh, Darius Slayton's not on this list. I assume uh, he was he a little over fifty percent, like fifty one percent. Yeah, so but like, check if he's available. Because yeah, because with out. the injury to Wandale Robinson. Even when Wandale Robinson had the 100-yard game, mm-hmm. Darius Slayton was still producing in this last game. He is like – he's the one that you can't believe he's consistently done it over and over again, but there's no reason to stop believing now with uh, um, with Robinson. And, and look what the Detroit Lions did in that game. They said, we are going to shut down Saquon Barkley and make you throw. And Daniel Jones did. He threw for like 340 yards in the game, but that was the winning formula for the Lions. So I expect that's what every team's going to do against the Giants is, is say, fine, you can throw for 300 yards against us. We're not going to let Saquon Barkley beat us. So uh, that's a really good investment. Paris Campbell's still on there. I, I wrongly, uh, I actually chose Paris Campbell ahead of uh, Christian Watson last week in a couple of leagues. Um, he didn't get in the end zone, but the volume is still there. You know, he's still got like 12 PPR points. I, I don't Maddie think that's going to go away. It a lot, man. Yeah, that's what he does. He throws yeah. those short passes to, to Paris Campbell. That's not going to stop. Um, uh, Jarvis Landry for the Saints. I wouldn't be like overly excited about him, but he is without question their number two receiver. Now, Jawan Johnson, who we're going to talk about in the tight ends, has become such a red zone go-to guy for them that that probably diminishes Jarvis Landry's value a little bit, but, but he's very much, you know, if people just look at his stat line for the year, they might forget that he missed, you know, six games with an injury, but he's healthy now and he's a number two receiver and that's not going to change. Um, I can't remember if you mentioned Traylon Burks, uh, obviously an exciting guy who, who had kind of a breakout performance injuries were holding him back and mm-hmm. uh, a rookie who could, I mean, frankly, he could have the same finish to the season. Uh, as Jamison Williams. Definitely. Yeah. And I want just a couple things I'll add about Jamison Williams. I mean, he was injured, like I said, in the final game uh, that Alabama played, but he has absolutely sky high potential yeah. estimated to have 4.3 speed. Uh, he obviously did not participate in the combine, but he is definitely a super talented guy. And obviously that was reflected in his draft stock. He was injured and still selected number 12 overall. He had that phenomenal last season for Alabama before that he had played for Ohio state. Um, and he, he just has a lot, a lot of potential, like I said, in this league. So he is not someone that I would sleep on. It's, it's like sometimes hard because like, if you haven't seen the guy all season, yeah, and you, you're and right. It's a really good reminder. Of, yeah. And there's a lot. He would have been really hands guys. down the number one receiver drafted, yes, even in this historic 100%. wide receiver draft class. I mean, it, it, if he was drafted fifth overall, uh, with high expectations and then he got hurt, you know, people would just view him a little differently than, than the fact that he came into the league injured. But yeah, I mean, like we said, if he's, if you're in a keeper, a dynasty league and he's available, I, I can't, I, I have to imagine he's a, yes. he's not available on any keeper or dynasty leagues, but you know, or, or if, you know, if you're out of it and you're looking to trade for somebody, that should be a huge priority for you. You know, I, I thought about it. I did not seriously, I did not do this, but I do have a keeper league that I drafted him in and he's been, and I only have two IR spots and it's like an IDP league that's super deep. So you actually like you need your bench spots. And uh, I thought about dropping him because I was like, oh, oh man, we might not see him this year. And yeah. I, I am kind of on the fringe. Like I'm, I'm in not fringe. I think I'm in like fourth or fifth place out of 16. Um, but I could definitely like use another guy that I could, that I could potentially play in any week, but maybe Jamison Williams will be back soon. So I'm very glad that I did not end up dropping him. It was just a thought that went through my head. 
Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com action and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Let us just move on to the tight end position. You already alluded to my top pick here, which is going to be Juwan Johnson. Uh, and I'm going to throw in Taysom Hill as well, because yep. they are technically both listed as tight ends. Though so Taysom Hill, I mean, he, nine rushes for 52 yards, completes a pass for 14 yards, catches a pass for eight yards. So that's that's just normal Taysom Hill things. Um Juwan Johnson, another very strong game for fantasy, caught three of four for 47 yards and a touchdown. That's his third touchdown in three weeks and fifth in five weeks. So I think we have to start taking him seriously as a potential streaming option. Um, as far as some other guys, it, I mean, it's the tight end position. So Logan Thomas <laughs> did have an okay day, caught five of six for 65 yards. Uh, Noah Fant is someone that I would put back on people's radars. The Seahawks just had their bye. But, uh, you know, two weeks ago, he caught five of six for 96 yards and he has been seeing a decent amount of volume. So, I mean, that's that's definitely worth considering. And then Foster Moreau did not have a good game this week, uh, but it was a tough matchup against the Broncos. And he is going up against the Seahawks next week, whose defense has allowed the most fantasy points to uh, tight ends this year. Uh, do you want to talk to us about Juwan Johnson? Tell me, tell yeah. everyone what they should do about Juwan Johnson. Well, Juwan Johnson and Taysom Hill, who has now fallen below the 50% threshold, and we might lose subscribers if I recommend uh, uh, Taysom Hill again, because you got burned if you believed it last time. But for those who just look at the stat lines and aren't completely aware of what happened yesterday, so the Saints are a desperate team that, flatlined on offense for the last two weeks against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And, and the season was sort of on the brink and they came out with a pretty radical. Uh, it was almost a two quarterback system on their, I think it was their second drive of the game. Might've been their third drive of the game. They rotated Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill at quarterback on every play on a touchdown drive uh, on a scoring drive might've ended in a field goal, but every other play, it was Dalton Hill, Dalton Hill, Dalton Hill. Taysom Hill played 17 snaps at quarterback. In addition to the snaps, he played at tight end uh, and got those nine carries for 52 yards. Now that was against the Rams and he gets things like nine carries for 52 yards when they're winning and they're able to keep running the ball. And, and he kind of goes away when they're trailing and they're about to play San Francisco and, 
Tampa Bay. So they might not have the luxury of 17 QB snaps for Taysom Hill anymore, but it was a real concerted effort to be like, we have this unicorn on our team and our offense is not doing anything. We need to get Taysom Hill more involved. So he's the, he's the one on this list that I'm going to keep trotting out there just because yeah, he might have a four point game. All these guys might have a four point game. He exactly. also might have the 24 point game. So that's why I like him. But yeah, uh, right behind him, I would put Jawan Johnson because he, what was interesting about him is he, so he has five touchdowns in the last five games now, but the other four all came in the two minute hurry up package uh, either at the end of the fourth quarter when they were coming from behind or right before halftime. This was the first time he caught a touchdown pass just on a standard scoring drive. And he did it in the red zone um, on what he said was a Michael Thomas play. He's taken over some of the Michael Thomas red zone plays that, you know, shielding the defender off with his big body in the middle of the end zone. Andy Dalton clearly trusts him. Uh, and that, that, that role has just grown for him. So yeah, that's enough to make him stand out over this group. But one name you didn't mention uh, also is Kate Otten, who's all the way down to 9%. I'm sure because Tampa Bay is coming off a buy uh, and there's no reason to save Kate Otten, but I, I think that's the only reason why he's way below all these other people. I think he was showing as much potential as almost anyone. I mean, Kate Otten and Juwan Johnson are probably a close call. I think, um, uh, when he comes back from the bye. Uh, so he's, he's another guy that shouldn't completely disappear if you're just sort of ranking your list of, of candidates based on roster percentage. I definitely agree there. And I know we've talked about it ad nauseum. Sometimes it feels like just throwing darts for <laughs> these tight yes. ends, but at least we have a good number of names to choose from. So hopefully, you know, maybe throwing darts is the answer. Like, so then you won't feel bad. Like it'd be a fun thing you could do, especially if you have kids that could like, you know, print out a picture <laughs> of each one of these tight ends. Uh, and you just like spin a wheel, throw like, something that, <laughs> You need some sort of system that makes you not feel bad when you choose wrong because you are going to choose the wrong one. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, I mean, there's just so many players like that that are not even at the tight end position. It's like like a DJ Moore or something like that that you can never really get right. So, uh, yes, we will continue to bang our heads against the wall for <laughs> fantasy football. Uh, that will do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Flex. Mike, can you please remind everyone where they can find your work? Yeah, New Orleans Football, uh, a uh, subscriber site uh, um, for you know the the most plugged in diehard uh, Saints fans. I'm really proud of the work we do. So uh, please check it out if you have any interest in Saints football. Yes, and check out uh, mine and Mike's and Sean and Chris's uh, collaborative sort of waiver wire article every week. We all kind of weigh in on the top names every week to help you make those claims on Tuesday night. So thank you everyone so much for joining and do not forget to email those mailbag questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com and we will see you guys next week.